Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into some NFL playoffs as we just finished up a wild, wild card weekend last weekend as the Bears took a fat L, as we all predicted. But we had the Cleveland Browns demolishing the Pittsburgh Steelers 28-0 to right off the bat. Nobody saw that coming except Baker Mayfield of the Browns, so Lots of football to, dis- to discuss there. And we also have the divisional playoffs coming this weekend. We have Aaron Rodgers and Patty Mahomes taking the floor. So lots of matchups to talk about there. We also got to dive into some NBA as James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a blockbuster deal involving four teams. Thank God that happened. I was tired of the drama in Houston. I was thankful that they can finally move on. And the rest of us as fans can move on in the rest of the basketball world. So lots to talk about in the NBA, and we also have White Sox baseball as Liam Hendricks being traded to the White Sox, $54 million deal, huge deal, puts the White Sox right up there as contenders for the AL. Let's dive on in. So before I dive into any NFL, I want to give a quick shout out to Nick Saban and Roll Tide for winning yet another championship in this decade. That's seven championships for Nick Saban, tying the record with Bear Bryant. So putting himself in pretty good company. I didn't want Alabama to win on Monday. Don't get me wrong. I I bet against them. I took Ohio State. But at the end of the day, they are the best. They have Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith. No one's going to match up with that. Two Heisman finalists. Could have been three with Najee Harris if he was healthy enough. But here we are. Nick Saban, best college football coach of all time, in my opinion. Got to give credit where credit's due. But I hope someone takes down Roll Tide soon. I'm tired of seeing Bama win. It's not fun. I mean, that championship game was just stupid, in my opinion. There was no way that even a great Ohio State team, who I don't really care for that much either, but I would totally have them over Alabama. It was just kind of like, well, there's no, like, what's the point of playing? Just give Bama the trophy to start the game. It was just like, wow, like, Roll Tide at full strength. No one's going to take them down. Hopefully, a miracle team in the next decade, we'll have a chance to dethrone them. For right now, it's all about Bama, 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 Bama. But to the real good stuff, NFL talk right here, right now. Wild card weekend. What a weekend it was. It was just good to have football playoffs back in the mix. No more fantasy. As I talked about in the last podcast, we're all, all we care about is our players. Now it's all about the playoffs and the teams holding that trophy. And it was a crazy weekend. We started off with the Bills against the Colts. And it was exactly the way I thought it would go. Bills controlling the game, but there's pesky Phil Rivers and the Colts right there throughout the entirety of it. Did not go away. Came down to the final drive. Controversial call with Pascal's knee coming up, but they're still saying it wasn't a fumble. Don't know how it wasn't a fumble, but a Phil Rivers, Hail Mary, not even close, 10 yards short. So it was the Bills and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs getting that W. But it was a great game. You know, it was a great first. Uh, appetizer game in the playoffs you know 
it was a very equally matched team. The Bills definitely had the advantage being at home and having a better offense. But the Colts' D is for real. And when you have a defense like that and a quarterback like Phillip Rivers that is never lost a wild card game, which I didn't know until they put the graphics up. I'm like, great. Like, look, looks like the Colts are going to get this done. Jonathan Taylor looked like a stud. T.Y. Hilton is forever going to be good. So that was an awesome first game. Bills just slight advantage at the end. Uh, and good for Bills fans. Finally getting a win. It's the first time they've won a playoff game in millions of years. So felt good for Bills Mafia. Crushing those tables finally paid off. The next game was the football team against the Buccaneers. Another barn burner. Alex Smith not starting for the football team. You think, oh, great. Heineke's in there. That's going to get ugly. And Heineke played his ass off. Yes, the, the football team ended up getting the L at the end. But they covered the spread. They covered the plus 10.5. It, it took a lot, but they did it. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers looked solid. But they didn't play their best game. And it was because the football team came to play on their defense. And at the end of the day, Heineke played a hell of a game. He had that one rushing touchdown where he ran out of the pocket, somehow avoiding every defensive player of the Buccaneers, diving into the end zone. He thought, okay, football team is back. But it was ultimately Tom Brady and the Bucs taking control of the fourth quarter, which we all knew would probably happen at the end. But as I predicted, the football team would keep it close, which they did. They showed heart. They showed grit. And next, in, I'm looking forward to seeing this Chase Young and the football team defense next year. That's he, he's a great leader out there. He's confident. He's young. He, he's going to be in the league for a long time. And the football team's not going anywhere. The fact that they had Alex Smith come back this year and lead them to the playoffs, despite, I know, being under 500, but they made the playoffs. And playoffs is playoffs. And they played their asses off. Hats off to Ron Rivera and the football team. It just obviously wasn't enough against the GOAT, Tom Brady. On Sunday slate, we had the Bears taking on the New Orleans Saints. And let me tell you, this was a hard game to watch. The Bears were actually in it for two and a half quarters. But it was the drop by Wims that had everyone's heads just shaking because he dropped after catching an unbelievable 30-yard catch falling out of bounds. A trick play by the Bears. Trubisky launching it deep to the end zone. Wims wide open right through his hands. And you have to think that's karma for when the Bears played the Saints early in the season when Wims threw a punch uh, at a New Orleans Saints player. I mean, he just can't do that. And it's just, it comes back to haunt you. And of course, I mean, the Bears, if he catches that ball, the Bears are tied at seven. The Bears end up not scoring a touchdown until the very last second of the game with a Jimmy Graham one-handed touchdown when it didn't matter. And ultimately, it was the Saints 21-9 victory. And the sad thing about that game was like, yeah, the Bears have played okay, and their defense actually played their asses off, but their offense was pathetic. I mean, the play calling, you, you can't do three down dump-offs the entire game. It's just not going to work. It, against a top-five New Orleans Saints defense. And, I mean, you you run off that trick play, it doesn't work, go for more. I mean, why do they just get conservative all of a sudden? You have nothing to lose. And the Saints just look like the better team. I mean, their offense was, you know, the Saints didn't play that great either. But, they, you know, the fact that they were played, like, you know, their C game, and they still kicked their ass. It's just like, wow, the Bears have a lot of work to do. And the sad thing is, Nagy and Pace coming back next year. I mean, what's where's the, where's the management's head at? I mean, what are we doing? We're not making any changes. I'm sure Trubisky, you know, is going to hop right back on the train and be like, hey, I'm back here, ready for another season, boys. And you're like, great, Trubisky, Nagy, and Pace, the trio that we all want, the three amigos. I mean, something has to change in Chicago. Um, Chuck Pagano retiring 
this year, so he won't be back next year. Obviously, he was probably going to get fired, so that's why he retired now. But it's just a lot of work to be done in Chicago. Not a lot of confidence going into the next couple of seasons that we're going to be contending. Uh, regardless of what management says, I mean, Nagy came out and said, well, you know, we're going to put every ounce of effort into making this team great. I'm like, where's that been the last two seasons? We've been dog shit. And it's hard to watch. It's hard to you know, go to a playoff game and have the Bears be plus 10. I mean, wow, that's that's encouraging. So very disappointing weekend for the Bears. As my podcast title says, they are who we thought they were. So whoever was betting Bears money line out there, I'm sorry. It was just, you know, it was a good dream. But the Bears are, they just suck right now. They stink. I do love David Montgomery, though. He He's a beast. He's he's my favorite player on the Bears, as many of you guys, his favorite player should be David Montgomery. I would say Allen Robinson, but he's out of there. He's toast. I, I was so done with the drama between the team. Allen Robinson, one of the best receivers in the league, gets no love on that team. I don't blame him for winning out of Chicago. Uh, what do you get, like, two targets on Sunday? I mean, I it's, it's just ridiculous how underused he is on that team. But overall, Bears, you stink. Saints, got to look better at surviving the playoffs. I think they can be, but time will tell. Last matchup of the, of the wildcard weekend, we had the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland! Taking out the Pittsburgh Steelers in fashion. They wrecked the Steelers. Yes, the Steelers came back a little bit, but the Browns, my God, 28-0 to start the game. The first play of the game, a boot snap by the Steelers. Touchdown for the Browns. I mean, oh my gosh, Steelers. What they was they had the biggest choke I've ever seen. After starting off undefeated 11 0 just playing like dog shit to end the season. Pittsburgh Steelers should feel ashamed of themselves. They really, you know, they're talking a lot of crap. I blame everything on Juju Smith Schuster for dancing on the other, other team's logo. When they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals that game, I knew the season was over. They looked terrible. Terrible. And they do that, and then Juju comes out and after losing to the Browns. Yes, they had their better quarterback game, but they still lost to the Browns. Comes out and calls them trash. And they only have a couple of good players before the playoff match. I mean, that's an easy dubs for Cleveland. That's all the motivation they need is, they're like, okay, Juju so Schuster's talking shit. All right, well, we're going to show out. And that's exactly what they did. And Juju, nothing to back up. I don't know the last time he maybe made a good play in the second half of the season. So I blame Juju for the bad Juju. But credit to the Browns. They look good. No head coach. They had their special teams coordinator as their head coach on Sunday. And they wrecked the Pittsburgh Steelers. As, as some people say, players win games, not coaches. I sometimes believe that. But that was real on Sunday because their players balled out. And it was so cool to see the Cleveland Browns finally get a, a win in the playoffs. Especially on the road. They haven't won a road playoff game in, since like 1960s. So unbelievable win for Cleveland. Too bad that they have to play the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round, but at least they're here. The Browns are here, which gets me into the divisional round matchups this weekend. We got some good ones. And let me tell you, they're not fucking around this weekend. We have, on Saturday slate, first game we have the Green Bay Packers taking on the St. Louis Rams. I saw a stat the other day that Jared Goff's like 0-4 and and under 30-degree weather. Well, I think that he's going to ball out, but I don't think it's going to be good enough for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The Packers, too good at home. And I love that stat, actually, that 30-degree weather or less, the Packers live for games like that. Rams, not so much. They're out in L.A. They're you know they're more of like the sunny weather. I, I'm not basing my prediction off, off weather because the Rams, you know, came to play last weekend. I picked the Seahawks to win. 
Rams took me down. Shout out Kyle Coffin. He told me, defense wins championships. And he was right. But you got to have some offense. And yes, the Rams did have some offense last weekend. But that's not going to be good enough against the Green Bay Packers. And even though the Green Bay Packers defense is, you know, not their offense, the Packers put up points. And their defense comes to play when they need it. They make big stops. Being at home, I can't go against the Packers here. I'm taking the Packers in... I think a 15-point win. I think I think it's going to be a, a, a big win for the Packers. I think the Rams are going to compete, but I don't think it's going to be good enough ultimately against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I'm taking the spread and the money line in a parlor. The next game we have on Saturday is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. Wow, that's going to be a barn burner. Unbelievable. The, the Saints have taken down the Buccaneers twice a season, both in blowout fashions. So you think that the Buccaneers aren't going to lose three times. And I think that's right. I think Tom Brady is going to go into New Orleans and take down the Saints. I don't think the Saints look that good against the Bears on Sunday. It's the GOAT Tom Brady. How can you go against the GOAT in a divisional round playoff setting where new team Tom Brady only has a couple years left, I think. He's trying to ball out, make it to another Super Bowl. I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. And I think I might take the spread because they're going to be like plus three and a half. I'm taking that. And I might also take him in a parlay with someone else. I'm not sure yet. But I'm loving the Buccaneers. They look good. Their offense looks great. And they look better than the Saints right now. I can't lie. Now, the Saints, on the other hand, at home, how do you bet against the Saints in a dome at home? I don't know how. But I'm doing it. The Buccaneers aren't going to lose three times in a row to Drew Brees and the Saints. Call me crazy, but the GOAT's going into New Orleans, and he's taking care of business. He's taking care of business. Mark my words. On Sunday... Now, I'm just thinking here, I might have got the days mixed up, but I think I think actually the Ravens and the Bills play on Sunday. But regardless, we're going through matchups. It doesn't matter. Look at the schedule on your own time. There's only four matchups. I think I botched the dates, but it's Saturday, Sunday, same thing, same thing. So, Ravens and the Bills. What a game this is going to be. It's at Buffalo. They're slight favorites. Against the Ravens. Ravens, I think, are plus 125. It's all about the Ravens, baby. About that action. Damn, the Ravens look good against the Titans on Sunday. That's a matchup I forgot to talk about. Was the... Let's go into the Ravens-Titans game last week. I knew I was forgetting a matchup. This was the matchup. Ravens down a quick 10-0 to the Titans. But then just dominating the rest of the game. Lamar Jackson with like a 40-yard rushing touchdown. Defense looked great. I mean, the Ravens are the hottest team in the league right now. How can you bet against the Ravens? You just can't. Uh, And Derrick Henry and Tannehill paid the price. They just did not come to play on Sunday. The Ravens were ready for them. The Ravens were so due for a win against the Titans. They haven't beaten them in forever. Uh, So great win by by the Ravens. And they're going to keep it going. They were on the road then. They're on the road against the Bills. The Ravens are not scared. They love the adversity being underdogs on the road. I'm taking the Ravens against the Bills. I love the Bills. I love what Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have done this year for the city of Buffalo, but it's not going to be good enough against the Baltimore Ravens defense that just comes to play in the playoffs. They have that Ray Lewis mentality when it comes to the playoffs, and Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, and he has been undervalued this whole year. He stays to the house. I'm, I am taking the Ravens in this matchup as underdogs. If the Ravens are plus money, I am taking them every single time, so Baltimore in a close matchup is taking down the Bills this weekend. Last matchup here, we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, 
before you guys think anything, I know you're just thinking Browns have no chance. But the Browns, they're going to make it interesting. They have nothing to lose. And we saw last year when the Texans had nothing to lose, they took a quick 20-0 lead on the Chiefs. And, yes, the Chiefs ended up blowing them out. But that's, you know, just that shows the Browns do have a chance to be in this game. They're not going to win. The Browns are not going to win this game. The Chiefs are going to win. They're huge favorites. Patty Mahomes having his, one of his best seasons ever. Chiefs are winning, but the spread's going to be high. I'm sure the spread's going to be, I mean, I'm seeing right now it's around 10 points. It's a hard spread to take because I think the Browns can definitely cover. But at the same time, I mean, Chiefs against the Browns. The Chiefs should handle the Browns. But as I said, the, the Browns are playing with the house money. Expect the Browns to play a loose game. They're going to play for everything they have. They have nothing to lose. So they're going to be just having fun, you think, going out there. So don't count the Browns out. You know, if you're in a hole this weekend and you're thinking, oh, Browns money line, eh, you know, it might not be the worst I do ever. But Chiefs will win this ball game in convincing fashion by the end. But expect the Browns to keep it close for a majority of the game. I want to dive into some NBA now. There's a big trade happened yesterday. James Harden finally getting his wish, heading off to Brooklyn. Thank God, because I couldn't stand the Houston drama anymore. Hearing those press conferences were just brutal. James Harden literally saying, you know, calling out his organization in a press conference the other day. It looked awful. What an awful way to leave your city, you know. Even though, yeah, you've given everything you've had to that city, but you didn't by the end of it. You were being an asshole this last season, you know, breaking COVID regulations, you know, you know, not acknowledging that, you know, letting down your teammates, a new coach. I mean, ugly way to leave. But ultimately, you know what? That's the way business goes. He's in Brooklyn now. And now Brooklyn has a super team. Brooklyn had to give up Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, some draft picks. So Jared Allen is now in Cleveland. I'm sorry, Jared Allen. I know. What a what a crappy, what a crappy way to leave. You know, Jared Allen finally finding his way on Brooklyn and just getting the boot to Cleveland. Man, sorry, Jared Allen. Karis LeVert going to... Uh, Houston, but then getting traded to the Pacers for Victor Oladipo. So Victor Oladipo is now in Houston, which I think looks great. Uh, and Karis Levert in Indiana, who who I also like. I didn't know that Indiana was looking to trade Oladipo. I knew that Houston needed another trading partner uh, to be able to you know afford everything. So it made sense that they sent Karis Levert uh, to Indiana and Jared Allen to Cleveland. I I think that. Oladipo in Houston brings some veteran leadership. I mean, he's not that old, but, you know, he's been in the league for a little bit. He knows how to win games. So I think him and John Wall will be a good backcourt, uh, along with Boogie Cousins as your frontcourt. So I like what Houston did. You know, they're not and they're getting draft picks. So you know what? Houston actually making a good move here. Obviously, they weren't going to win with Harden. Uh, so I think, yeah, not that Houston's going to do any serious damage this year. They're going to be relevant. And, and I think they can definitely make the playoffs uh, with this roster. It's not a bad roster at all. You do worry about the defense, but Oladipo brings defense. So, you know, I think he brings leadership, defense, and some extra shooting for Houston. So I think it's a good move. Indiana, uh, I think Karis LeVert and Sabonis are going to work out perfectly fine. Brogdon also as your point guard. So Brogdon and LeVert in your backcourt is sexy, along with Sabonis, Miles Turner. I think the Pacers pretty much are fine right now. Oladipo wasn't even playing right now. Uh, So good moves all around for them. Obviously, Brooklyn, the big winner here, getting James Harden. I mean, now you have Durant, Irving, and Harden. I don't know what matches that besides the Lakers, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. But now you got a big three again. You know, it's been a little bit. You know, Golden State's big three ended with Durant leaving, Thompson getting hurt. This is the next serious big three we've had with Irving, Durant, 
Harden. It's going to be hard to take down the Nets. They're going to be a team that's going to be able to score. They're not going to be, like, the best defensive team, but they're going to be good enough at defense to get wins. It's going to be a scary team in Brooklyn. They were already scary enough with Durant, Irving. I mean, even though Irving's been dealing with, you know, his bullshit of, you know, breaking COVID violations at that family party. So he hasn't been playing. But Durant looks dirty. Again, now that he's healthy, the the Nets are going to be in good shape as long as everybody's healthy. I do. I mean, Jared Allen was, you know, a great piece to that lineup right now, along with Karis LeVert. But you do have DeAndre Jordan uh, at center, so he'll start. And then you also still have Joe Harris who can pop too. So they have shooters and role players around those guys. But Brooklyn's going to be a scary team. Uh, it's kind of like, how do you even afford something like that? But I guess trading away Levert Allen and draft picks is the way you do it. Uh, I'm just happy all this nonsense is over with. And now that it, it's almost like the season's starting now and, and like the preseason's over because all that nonsense of, Harden and Hughes. I was tired of seeing it on Sports Center. I mean, yeah, it goes both ways. I mean, there's always so much you can bash a guy, but Harden doesn't plead his case. I mean, he's being an idiot. So it's like, yeah, of course, everyone's going to be like, dude, what are you doing? So I hate that he acts like everyone's just attacking him for no reason. I mean, he, he, he knows why he's being attacked. He's just playing that card, you know, that superstar card. But he ultimately got what he wanted. He's now in Brooklyn. So now he has to show, okay, I'm James Harden. I want a champion. He he wants a championship, obviously. You know, and to be fair, he's been so close, and he, you know he's fell apart in the playoffs a lot. Then again, you know he's had to put the weight all on his shoulders on most of his teams. You know he he hasn't had that superstar cast besides when he was Oklahoma City when they lost to LeBron in the Heat way back. So Russell, so he goes from Russell Westbrook in Houston to Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. You know he's kind of just good. That's it's crazy how that big three is still like alive from way back when but obviously Harden and Durant work well together Brooklyn's going to be dirty watch out for the Brooklyn Los Angeles Lakers NBA Finals Riddle's Rant of the Week My Riddle's Rant of the Week Goes to Zach Levine and Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls have looked so much better this year. It, it was not a good start of being 0-3, but they're now 4-7, and and they've been competing every game. Last weekend, they took it to L.A. They took LeBron James and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers down to the final basket, both games. But it was Levine, ultimately, after going off in both games, taking ill-advised shots. Now... I'm not blaming Zach Levine because he is the big reason why they've been in. He's been balling out. Per usual, he balls out every game. He's been getting his 35, 40 points. But it does come down to that final shot. And the last game, so we'll start off with the Lakers on Friday. Down by one after a couple of Garrett Temple sexy threes in the corner. It is Levine going for the game winner. And he takes a crappy fadeaway. Like, it takes, it's a, yeah, if it goes in, we're all like, oh, what a shot. But it wasn't even close. And you're like, wow. That is the second time, you know, after the the Kings game where he also took a fadeaway, it's the second time where he's been like, okay, maybe take it to the hoop, drive and dish. And he's not, you know, he's kind of just like, all right, I have to take this. And it's like, I understand that the ball has to be in your hands, but you can still look for an open guy. You can still take it to the hoop. That fadeaway shot is just not going to cut it when someone like LeBron is guarding you or your team's best player. I mean, that is a tough shot. And it wasn't just that. So then on Sunday versus the Clippers, the Bulls had to lead the whole game. Clippers come back, but the Bulls, again, right there till the end. But it's Levine taking an ill-advised fadeaway jumper, and it's just not going to get it done at the end of the game. So I just asked Levine, try to change something up. 
Find an open teammate, like I was saying. And I love the take to the hole aspect. You're probably going to get fouled. If you take it strong, you can make your free throws. I like that so much better. I'll take a, a shot, you know, a layup that maybe gets rejected or, like, you know, close play, doesn't get the call. Then just a hard fadeaway shot. It's kind of like, bro, like, you know, you, you got to find a better available option at the end of the game. You know, that's like the next step in your superstar. You know, if you're going to be a superstar, you got to be clutch at the clutch moments. And yeah, versus Portland, step back three, clutch. But that's his only one so far this year. So we say he's like one for four right now, which is, you know, not the greatest percentage. I'm not, you know, it sounds like I'm attacking Levine. You know, he's done so much for this team. I'm not. I'm just asking, you know, as a superstar, you have to take smarter shots on the stretch to help your team win. And, 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 and that's how you win these close games against the better teams in the league. Chief or Spotlight of the Week. My G4 Spotlight of the Week goes to the Chicago White Sox for possibly their biggest signing in the last 10 years. Liam Hendricks, the best closer in the game right now, one of the best closers in the game, three-year, $54 million contract, that is a big boy move if I've ever seen it. I had no idea that they were targeting him. If I'm being honest, you know, I've been all into football and basketball right now. And, you know, this is when randomly, you know, in, in these baseball off seasons where, you know, you're not thinking about the sport at all. All of a sudden, you're like, shit, my team just went all in. And that's what the White Sox said. They went all in for Hendricks. They're not sure if Kama is going to resign. At this point, I don't really care if he resigns because we have Hendricks, Hendricks, Hendricks. It's an unbelievable signing for the program. Huge momentum going into this season. You know, already signing guys like M. Eaton, you know, as role players. And, you know, they have pitchers coming back like Kopech this year. They they signed Bummer again. So their bullpen is finally looking like a bullpen that's like, okay, you have Crochet, Bummer, and Liam Hendricks, possibly Conley. You're going to be set this year. And, you know, that's always been a question mark for the White Sox. Yeah, lately they've been getting all these offensive talent, but it's the bullpen down the stretch that wins you games. And, you know, I've never felt confident until right now signing a guy like Hendricks it's a game changer. I want the White Sox season to start. They are now favorites to win the AL, you know, one of the favorites. So it's exciting. The, the South Side's rocking. We're back. Let's get baseball on its way. The flick of the week this week. We're going the food route. A little different this week. A little food, a little comedy. We're going to, it's going to the movie Chef. Chef starring John Favreau, who's been a million things. Uh, you know, he's a star cook in this, you know, five-star restaurant, uh, but works for his boss, who's just a, you know, he's a piece of work. Uh, Dustin Hoffman is the guy that plays the boss, uh, another famous actor. And he he can't take it anymore. You know, he wants to make his own food. The boss won't let him. And, you know, what happens is, is he just, you know, he, he discovers Twitter. And this critic comes in to the restaurant. You know, John Favreau wants to make the food he wants. You know, he wants to prep his food, but his boss makes him go with the original menu. The critic calls him out. And then John Favreau, who, who discovers Twitter, realizes that, you know, he's taking it to social media. So John Favreau claps back, uh, ultimately gets in this big Twitter beef. And then he ultimately decides to quit his job and go work on, uh, on his own food truck. Uh, so he takes it, you know, he takes, uh, his, his five-star restaurant status away and decides to go on his own. Uh, with his loyal co-worker. So it's it's a really cool movie. You know, it kind of inspires you. Hey, even though, like, you're working at this great place, you know, if you're not being able to be your own boss, sometimes that eventually 
can make you not happy. And obviously, John Favreau needs to change things up. So it was really cool uh, to see how someone can go from being a top chef in a you know high ratings place to just going on his own and making it work. And that's what he does. You know, and it's also a family movie. You know, he's trying to make a better relationship with his son. You know, he's divorced with his wife, who I, who actually is telling him to go for the food truck, inspiring him to go for his dreams. So there's some love interest there. It's a great movie, great family movie. Uh, I really enjoyed this. You know, I and and it honestly made me hungry too. I was starving after a while. They they do an unbelievable job of showing John Favreau like cook. So you know he makes all these meals. And you're like, damn, I gotta grab a snack during this. So awesome movie. Highly recommend it. Sit down, grab a slice of pizza, enjoy. For the bet of the week this week, we're taking it to the Mountain West and the Big Ten. We got a parlay of the San Diego State Aztecs and the Indiana Hoosier Hoosiers. And we're also taking the Aztecs straight up on the side. We're doubling down on the Aztecs tonight. Don't know why. I'm feeling some West Coast action tonight. I think they're at Utah State. It's going to be a battle. Both really good teams. Should be close. But Mitchell, who's a senior on the Aztecs, is going to lead the charge down the stretch. Aztecs are getting the W. As for the Hoosiers... They're at home against a pesky Purdue team that just knocked out Michigan State. But they're not going to go on the road twice in a row in the Big Ten and win. No siree, Bob. It's going to be the Hoosiers holding their own at home. Jackson Davis in the post. Purdue, have a nice night. You're going down. Utah State, hit the road. Aztecs, Hoosiers, lock it in, baby. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Big games this weekend in the NFL. Uh, two divisional games on both days. What else are you doing? Take a seat on the couch. Enjoy. We also got some Bulls basketball this weekend on Friday. Taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Should be a barn burner. So lots of sports to watch this weekend. Have a beer. Hang out with some friends. Watch some games. It's been real this week. I'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Real Daddy loves all of you. And he's also out.